welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Lucas' step back game. I literally thought he was back in the bubble. No fear, Matt. Dude is a monster. I love Luka Doncic. I told you last year before the playoffs that he was a monster. He proved it in the playoffs. He's having an MVP caliber season if they had 10 more wins, like you were saying. He's a phenomenal player. Matt, what was that what was that fun stat you sent me when we were joking about how Luca's having a bad season and he's got what more triple doubles already? What was it? Yeah, I think he had more triple doubles than he did all last season. The guy's averaging like twenty nine nine and nine, man. It's unreal. We're definitely gonna have to come back and talk more about him, that team, the Mavericks, whether or not, you know, we threw the curse their way, but Matt, talking about the NHL because I know things have been real interesting for you. Oh, man, I'll get to the Montreal Canadiens. But first, we're going to start with the COVID protocol list. You know, there's eight players on it right now. Really, Ryan Dezingle, he's not really has COVID or anything. He's he's going to Ottawa, coming from Columbus. He's got to do that two-week mandatory quarantine period. Um, there's still the Philadelphia Flyers are the, the heavy hitters this week with four of the seven-slash-eight players on the COVID list. Rough. Um, but, you know, they're still playing games. They got a win yesterday against New York, so they're still kind of rolling along. They're a pretty good team. But the team that is just absolutely crushing the Canadian division right now are those Leafs. They are just steamrolling through teams. Matthews and Marner playing on the same line together. It's just too much. And Matthews has been playing with a wrist injury apparently all season. And the guy's got 18 goals. He's a freaking machine. I know I was super, super upset watching him last Saturday and just killing my Canadians. Uh, it's a rough time, Matt. For you, and Toronto is playing as well as they are, but at least it's good competition for your boys. I know things are still wishy-washy in that league. Man, I, I mean, there's there's a lot going on in the NHL right now, and some teams that, you know, you didn't think were going to do that well are popping off. Florida is a team that last year a lot of people picked to make the playoffs and have a surprise season. They were pretty bad last year. This year, complete opposite. This guy, Chris uh, Dreiger, who's their goalie this year, um, he's taken over from Simeon Var- or not Simeon Varlama, from Bobrovsky, sorry. And he's got a 218 goals against average and a 928 save percentage in 10 games. The guy's been on fire. Jonathan Huberdeau is a scoring machine. He's got 23 points, 7 goals, 16 assists in 18 games. And they've got a number one center in Sasha Barkov, who's just elite. I mean, the guy's got 19 points in 18 games, but that's not even what his calling card is. He's a defensive juggernaut out there and just shuts people down. Speaking of another surprising team, LA's turning back the clock, man, to those uh, cup-winning days. Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, Anze Kopitar all playing out of their minds. Dustin Brown's actually on pace to have the most goals in his career in 56 games and the best scoring season of his career. So wild, wild news for him. A, a disappointing team before I get to my Montreal Canadiens, who they were a big disappointment for me this week is the Colorado Avalanche, man. They're in like sixth in their division. And that division is the weakest division in my opinion. I mean, they're behind teams like LA, like Arizona, like Minnesota, who don't even have half, the roster talent that they do and they do not look like they're going to be going to the to the stanley cup finals this year but still early we're just about the quarter way mark of the season so anything could happen but is it just is it just stars not coming together like what's the story of i don't know anything about colorado like is it just they can't work together is it a coaching issue like who knows there too much expectation i think they've been hit by covid with the fact that games get canceled and moved around they're not playing super consistently so there's a little bit to it um i also did want to mention the lake tahoe games which were an absolute joke by the nhl did you see this kevin oh that was a disaster i heard all about it yeah (laughs) the ice melted like (laughs) what how are we supposed to play hockey in southern california guys come on figure it out put cooling pads underneath the ice that are sufficient enough to keep it cold matt i was i was gonna make the joke i was like you know you have the technology down there but also like if you want to do some outdoor games just 
pick a place that's cold. You know, we got a great country up north here in Canada. We always got ice this time of year, you know? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, the NHL really wants to do a Lake Louise game. Uh, the only issue is they run into uh, putting logos and ads on the lake and the kind of ramifications that happen then. Yeah, government's not going to allow it, but it would be a beautiful setting to have a game. I mean, oh, I think it'd be better than Lake Tahoe, in my personal opinion. I mean, I agree, personally, as someone who lives quite close. But uh, I digress, Matt. <laughs> Outdoor sports, especially hockey, I think is a beautiful experience. I can understand why they would want to do it. But yeah, if your ice is melting, if you got to propose- postpone your game to like midnight, like ugh, crazy, dude. Absolutely wild, my friend. But that was just one of the bad stories for me this week because my Montreal Canadiens, after a bye week, basically, they had a full week off where they had just beaten Toronto, feeling good about themselves. 0-3. Ouch. Two games to the Senators? (laughs) Matt, though it may have been tough, you know, you may have been dragged through the dirt as a fan this week, there's always that shining star through the rough, that moment of happiness at the end of the day. You finally got your wish, Matt. After a year, I don't know how long you've been asking for it. Since it's gone. Since his first eight-game losing streak last year. (laughs) The guy had two eight-game losing streaks last year and a five-game skid and wasn't fired. I get it. You think that he's a great coach. It's hard to replace him with French speaker uh, in Montreal, and that's what they want to do. But... This had to be done, man. Montreal has been so lifeless, and it's just painful to watch. They're just not moving their feet like they did at the beginning of the year. And I hear all of this talk about our young centers struggling. Oh, the young centers aren't scoring. There's only eight goals between the centers. Oh, all the young players, they're going through growing pains. The oldest player, Philip Deneau, who is 28 years old, happy birthday this week, Philip, hasn't scored a goal in a calendar year. He hasn't scored since he was 26. Think about that. He is 28 now. Why? I mean, it's not it's not everyone's job in hockey, but I mean, the goal to win more games is to put the puck in the back of the net, but I, I mean, what do I know? Especially when you're struggling, man, as a team to get any kind of offensive confidence and here playing a guy who hasn't scored in a year. 18 minutes a game like it's just wild here's the perplexing thing for me is that if they can turn back into the team of the first 10 games i still think they can make some noise man they were 7-1-2 44 goals for 27 against a power play that was clicking at almost 24 percent and a pk at 80 those are good special teams their last eight though complete opposite 2-4-2 17 goals for 25 against a 6% power play success rate, and a 70% penalty killing rate. I mean, yeah. Just Got brutal. It. Okay, Matt, if I can bring up a comparison, since I, I feel like I'm going to joke about it. The Milwaukee Bucks are a team with tons of talent that, you know, really struggle at adaptation. And I look at a team like the Montreal Canadiens, who had that great outburst to the beginning of the season, you know, when everyone's figuring their things out when you can shine through and then it gets tougher as the line goes on. And I've been saying it for a while. I think the Bucks need to fire Budenhoser, but what I hope would that would do for the Bucks is bring out that versatility, bring out a different mindset because the team knows how to play that certain way with that certain coach. And that's just how it's always been. And so that change up could actually allow them to become something so much more. And with young pieces on a roster, you want them to have the ability to develop, to blossom, and to shine. So I hope for you, Matt. I hope it's a great decision. Honestly, man, Dominic Ducharme was Mark Bergeron's guy three years ago. He just didn't have any NHL experience. The guy coached in the QMJHL. He won a Memorial Cup with the Halifax Moosehead. And Jonathan Drouin, who's on this team, and he's won a gold medal and a silver medal as a Team Canada World Junior coach. So the guy's been successful. The guy has a track record. And he apparently creates amazing relationships with his players. And we've got a very young team that needs that confidence builder. That needs to be pushed. And I just hope they can do it, man. Because the first 10 games were such a tease if this team falls apart. 
you were on such a high, like you were in such a good place. You were loving the hockey you were seeing. I remember it, man. Yeah, it's what happens when you play Vancouver too often, man. <laughs> Jeez. Poor oh, Vancouver. Oof. Man, I don't want to rag on them too hard. Because um, that last game against Ottawa, I mean, they didn't start the, the game very well for the first 15 minutes, but they did pick up their, their legs in the, the back half of the first period and the second and the third. And that goal, goalie interference goal with like five seconds left, that was a joke. The NHL needs to figure it out. They're losing fans because they can't get consistency with goaltender interference. It's just atrocious to me. But hey, they got Winnipeg this week. They've got four games against Winnipeg coming out. They haven't played Winnipeg all season. Winnipeg's been a decent team. I believe they're in third right now. So it'll be a good test. We'll see if they can bounce back. We'll see if they can, you know, make some noise and Dominic Ducharme. Let's see what he does. Matt, I really just want you to have an opportunity for the Raps and the Canadians to play on the same night and for me to be watching the Raps game and to be happy and not have to be sitting here and thinking, oh, Matt's watching the Canadians game. The score pulls up. I'm sad because the Canadians are losing. I'm sad because I get the notification that they lost an OT 5-4 and I'm like, oh, poor guy. Raps are getting destroyed right now as well. It's just... I feel bad for you, my dude, sometimes. Dude, it's not a good week. It was a tough week watching Raps and Canadians games on the same day. Because I was either happy and sad about one, or sad and happy, or both just absolutely gutted. They also, they also just seemed to keep happening. Like, there was multiple of them this week for you, dude. Like, too much too much sports, my man. Dude, it's uh, kind of the way that it works with Montreal fans, because Toronto plays on opposite nights of the Raptors normally. And so they put mm. the Montreal games on the Raptors nights. It's the fan setting. Sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess whatever. Oh, it's okay, man. I get to watch both teams, and I love it. God, that's why. That's why you have two TVs. Keeps keeps Marissa happy. I bet. Eh? Oh man, she's been super <laughs> nice letting me watch all them sports. I uh, love that girl. She's actually been getting into it too, and she's a big Raptors fan right now. So gotta love it. She's she's definitely a champion in that support. I know she loves Trebuchet. Love the girls. They are champions. They support us all the time. We love them. Absolutely. Man, I think it's basketball time. Hardwood? Yeah, I'm into it. All right. So COVID. Obviously, we start with COVID. We get it out of the way. Simple week, two positive tests. No games, postponed. I think, have been postponed as of right now. There was the ones postponed from last week, but that was because there was like kind of the crazy week that happened. Also, no big injuries this week. I mean, KD has missed, I think, five games straight with a hamstring. But, I mean, the guy has missed almost a third of the season so far for the Nets and is still going to be an all-star captain and is absolutely destroying it this season. Matt, I love it. Kevin Durant's a god at this game. He's way too good at this game. He's so silky smooth. And I love the fact that it's going to be Team LeBron versus Team KD. Just had to happen. Just as it should be. Honestly, like, if LeBron's going to make his way to the West and Katie's going to flop over to the East, you know, I think it was time. I think it's going to be real exciting. Matt, talk to me about these starters, because I think good decisions were made, but, man, there's only so many spots these days. Yeah, 100% there's only so many spots, man. I like what Jalen Rose says about, you know, don't tell me who got snubbed unless you're going to tell me who should come off. And in the West, man, we got Curry, we got Luka, we got LeBron, and we got Joker and Kawhi Leonard. That's a potent starting five, my friend. Yeah, that's that's something. I'm still I'm still excited that they're gonna do like the classic pick your teams basketball one way, but a part of me always wants to see this starting five against the East starting five, just in like a game of pickup ball, just to see it happen, because it'd be real exciting to watch these guys go to work. Dude, they would I think be hard pressed to to beat this e squad because bradley beal kyrie irving who i don't know if he necessarily deserves to be on the all-star team his talent definitely deserves to be there but his play wanes sometimes and he hasn't been the most committed to basketball so whatever but Giannis, kd and mb i mean that's uh three big guys who i don't know if you can get through man i mean we were talking about um, what it would be like to have Beal with Giannis together. Throw a little KD plus a beat in there. Oh, man. This is why it's the all-star game. This is why the fans love to see this. The West has it going on as well. 
you know, but, uh, I mean, LeBron can do anything. But, yeah, I think I'm with you, Matt. I think the East would be hard to be stopped this year. Man, KD just hitting buckets from all over. Kyrie and his dribble moves. Bradley Beal's the number one scorer in the NBA. And Giannis is the reigning back-to-back MVP with Embiid, who's probably going to be the MVP this year. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, LeBron might take over. I mean, Embiid, Embiid is actually, I think, taking over as the front runner of that race. Philly's doing really good. I mean, the Raps did take a split with them with a really confident game one, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Matt, the reserves, it's really interesting because so many people are saying this player or that player got snubbed. I mean, Rafs don't have any all-stars. Our seven-year streak ends, but, you know, I'm okay being the underdog at this point of the season, so I'm not extremely upset about it, but let me talk about these reserves. In the West, we got AD, who's going to become Devin Booker to keep all the Suns fans real happy at the end of the day. Uh, and then we got PG, we got Rudy, we got Dame, we got Donovan, we got CP3, and Zion makes it in. Really exciting for Zion. Surprises, Matt? Excitement? Who who, who on here uh, are you really happy about? Man, for me personally, I like that Devin Booker got to take AD's spot. He's a phenomenal player. I think he absolutely deserves to be an all-star. Dame, CP3, Zion, Donovan, all great selections. Though I might put Mike Conley over Donovan Mitchell just because he's more of the offensive driver for that team. I know Donovan's the better scorer, but Conley's playing the the game as a driver. Like He's not necessarily doing all the scoring. He's facilitating. He's playing defense. He's doing everything for them. So I would have loved to see him in an all-star game. I'm not a huge fan of PG-13, even though he's having a great year. And Rudy's probably the, the what, NBA Defensive Player of the Year, but give me a score, man. I don't need Rudy Gobert in the all-star game. God, give me Cat. Someone it's, else. It's, it's an interesting situation. I'm really glad you brought up Conley, like, you know, three of them in an all-star game, considering how good they are as a team would be reasonable. But it's the West, remember, right? Like, that's the situation that we're in. There's so many good teams, so many good players. I'm glad CP3 gets in there for another year because, I mean, we keep saying it. How many years does he have left? He's playing like LeBron, I guess, at this point in terms of his uh, extension of his golden years. I guess being on the right team in the right situation has worked out well for him. But, yeah, Booker being there is good for him. There's a lot of first-time All-Stars this year, Matt, and uh, I guess it's the way the league is turning. We're getting to that new age of next talent. Somebody who was definitely snubbed, in my opinion, was DeMar DeRozan. I would put DeMar over a guy like Rudy or PG-13 because he's got that San Antonio Spurs team in the playoffs, and he's doing it with his assists, like facilitating and offense. The guy's been lights out good this year. I feel bad for him because he should have made it. I told you, Matt, if he could become like Jimmy Butler and figure that team out and figure out the way that he's going to be playing, and he's been doing it that way, and it's unfortunate. I was rooting for DeRozan, you know. I think part of it is the fan vote, you know. Some some teams just have more fans and can push you through. Like, you know, even if we didn't have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the Lakers, you'd be confident they'd be having at least one All-Star just because of their fan base. You know, look at the way that Luka gets voted in and people are upset about that, you know, that he's a starter over, you know, Dame Dollar, right? So it just is what it is, and there's just not enough spots on the All-Star team. That's what we're learning these days. Dude, you know I love Dame Dollar, and I think he's a killer. I'd still prefer Luka in the All-Star game over him. But talking about those fan bases that get their players in, man, Boston. (laughs) Boston got Brown and Tatum in the All-Star game. Being below 500. They're 15 and 17, dude. They're not even a great team. The The funniest part about that, Matt, is that I look at I look at the Celtics, who I thought were going to be way better than they are this year. They're obviously yeah. having Kemba struggles. But Brown was playing extremely well to start the season and, like, you know, coming out and playing crazy. and With Tatum out. You know, Tatum, Tatum has been out, but he's always been that rock for that team, so that's why he gets voted in. But, Matt... They're losing games, most importantly, because Marcus Smart is injured and has not been playing. And he has been, like, the true key piece to make that three-headed snake work together. And I still can't believe that a team that's under five hundred has two All-Stars. And they are on the downswing 
So it's really unfortunate, and there's some East players, uh, any one of the Raptors. Um, I'm going to bring up, I don't even want to, before I even mention the other reserves for the East, I want to bring up DeMontis Sabonis, who's uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists on the season, and will be the only player in history scoring those points to not make the All-Star team. Crazy. On the fourth place team in the East, man. I know they're only 500, but he's their reason that they're 500. Ah, oh, wild. So, okay, uh, now... The other East reserves, Harden, obviously. Zach Levine finally makes an all-star team, playing fantastic. Um, Matt, Dude, what were you saying about him? <laughs> okay, so this is my favorite stat that I've ever found. So Zach Levine is currently having the be- the the Bulls' 31st best scoring month in the history of their franchise in February, okay? Uh, 32 points per game. Um, the 30 before him are all from Michael Jordan, uh, and you have to go to the 47th best month who um zach levine owns at like 28 before it's not jordan jordan owns 44 of the top 46 top scoring months for the bulls in history oh like if you didn't think he was absolutely dominant if you didn't think he was unreal then that's a great stat to bring up but yeah congratulations zach levine first time all-star doing great things the bulls are relevant because of him to follow him up another all-star julius randall your boy matt finally makes it how you feel about that? Dude, he deserves it. I mean, the Knicks aren't a great team, but that guy's been playing out of his mind this year. The guy's just been an animal. He definitely deserves to be an all-star. Is he uh, shooting 20, 10, and 5? Uh, I might have to check his stats for that, but uh, he, uh. he might be in. It might be an interesting thought. But uh, the other ones, obviously Simmons, great player. Tatum, we talked about him already. And then Vucevic, who is quietly one of the best bigs in the NBA, if uh, I'm not uh, mistaken, Matt. 100%, man. He is definitely one of the best, most underrated bigs in the NBA. And yes, Julius Randle, 23, 5, uh, and 10. So, don't worry. He's, <laughs> he's got it. I had to bring that up because, you know, if he didn't make the team, he would have joined Sabonis on that side of things. So, 100%, man. And Vujovic, man, 24 and 12 with four assists. Guy's a guy's so underrated. If he played in a big market like LA, if he played in a big market like Boston, fans would go nuts for him. He should come to the Raps, man. Oh man, don't tempt me. That would be pretty <laughs> wild. But uh, I'm glad he, I'm glad he made the All Star team. Um, the only thing I want to mention regarding this is that they are going to name um, the Rising Stars players. Um, that'll come out on March third. They won't be playing a game. Thank you, Makes NBA, sense. for making that decision. Good decision. These are young kids. <laughs> Please don't... No, Matt, seriously, think about this. These are all young kids in their first or second years of the league. With the way that COVID has been and the way that we don't know how it actually affects people, you take any of these stars, star young talents, and have them have any single thing take out of their game, and you, you take a talent who could lose their career, and I don't want that. So I think it's a great decision by the NBA. Man, you say that, but even when you look at that all-star roster... Luca, third-year player. Zion, second-year player. Uh, Brown was what a fifth-year player. Uh, Tatum, fourth-year player. Like they got some young, young guys on this roster right now. Um, I hope they all stay healthy because you're right. Losing any of these All Stars to significant time because of COVID just would blow. Yeah, well, that that game was already happening, so it couldn't couldn't do any stops to that, Matt. But you are right, Matt. Hopefully. Hopefully nothing bad happens. I want to bring up this simple fact, Matt. We're talking about Luca. I think we cursed him, dude. I think that the curse was watching us at the beginning of the year. Talk about how we thought Luca was going to be the MVP. How I was super confident in this team. And they have been struggling. And because of that, there are these Kristaps Porzingis trade rumors that are coming out, which Mark Cuban has confirmed are false. But like, have they already kind of lost face in who was supposed to be their second gun? I think, man, I think so. I think it's because he's such an injury-riddled player that he just he just can't stay on the floor. When he's on the floor, he's magnificent, man. He's a unicorn for sure, but he, he can't keep it together. And uh, I think you're right, man. I think the both of us talking about Luka going for the MVP and and definitely being a top three team, and the fact that I drafted him number one overall in fantasy to screw one of the fantasy players that we playing against, 
I should have just taken Giannis. <laughs> He's doing better than him right now, and that's the plan that I wanted to do. So, dang. <laughs> Matt, I think I need to become a Cleveland Cavaliers fan just to see how much power we truly have. Because, like, it's wild. They have fallen off a cliff. Colin Sexton, bro, calm down that you're not an all-star. Your team is bad, and you're averaging 23-3-4. and four. Like, calm down. You'll get another chance. You're young. He's been doing okay for me on my fantasy team since you convinced me to pick him up. Bro, he's, he's a good player. He's just not... Who are you going to take off? Again, nobody for Colin Sexton. I'd put Freddie over Colin Sexton, personally. A little yeah, Raptors bias. I mean, we have our Raptors bias here. Man, I'm glad I dropped Tyler Hero. As unfortunate as his season has been, and the way that Miami has been playing, he has been kind of figured out. Miami, obviously, they got that win against us, so what can I really say? But there Bro, are some teams that are struggling. Miami is on fire right now man i think they're actually one of the hottest teams in the nba with a four game winning streak seven and three in their last 10 i mean jimmy butler's coming back that team's starting to get their their mojo back i'm sure he'll be fine kendrick nunn tyler hero bam butler that team's good but man watching that game last night i won't get too much into it the rest definitely turned the momentum 100 percent story of the story of the week for a, a lot of situations but yeah you're right matt we don't want to get too far ahead there was a lot of kind of crazy things that happened last week um can we start with the brooklyn nets and james harden this okay so this record matt this is the first time a team has gone on to defeat an entire division in back-to-back games since the 1972-73 bucks this nets team beat golden state the kings the Suns, and then both LA teams with no Kevin Durant. James Harden shooting 29, 9, and 12 on 71% true shooting. <laughs> Why are they so good, but also so kind of bad at the same time, Matt? It's crazy. Dude, hottest team in the NBA right now. Seven game win streak. They are hot and cold sometimes, but when they're hot, man, James Harden is the biggest flamethrower in the league. Absolutely. I wouldn't say he's the best player or even the most offensively talented. I still give that to KD. But he just balls out, like you were saying, man. 29 points on 71% shooting? With no Kevin Durant. What? Like, I'm scared. Again, we're still scared of this team, this Nets team has the offensive firepower to torch any team in the league, regardless of how good of a defense you are. But, but that's the question, right? What's going to happen when the playoffs come around? What is it going to be for them? Are they going to be able to keep this up? Can the three-headed snake take this team all the way? And, you know, some of the teams in the East have their struggles. Like, Philly is looking confident that, you know, a piece or two could put them over the top. But, you know, the rest of these teams in the East are, I don't want to say middling, but... If the Nets can figure out their defensive woes, like, they're unstoppable. 100%. Uh, the Nets are the scariest team in the in the East, man. I mean, the Lakers didn't have AD, and they lost by 11, which isn't too bad. But LeBron scored 32-8-7 and seven on 14 of 23, man. <laughs> and they still lost by 11. Like, without KD on the other squad. So you're, you're missing AD, they're missing KD. Uh, it's pretty even. You you think um, you know LeBron is sitting on the bench over there watching Kyrie smile at him, and he's having like flashback moments of like, oh no, this is like this is taking me back to Golden State days. There's a big three I can't beat. Kevin Durant's there, except now I got to deal with the smiling face of Kyrie at the same time. Oh, poor LeBron. At least they're on the East. He doesn't have to face him till the finals, if at all. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a new Golden State team just in the Eastern Conference as opposed to the Western, and now LeBron's in the West as opposed to the East. It's kind of funny the way the world works, man. He was getting asked about it the other day. Have you ever seen an offensive juggernaut as big as the Nets? (laughs) Three players, you know, Kyrie, Harden, and KD. Yo, bro, you forget about Clay, Curry, and KD? Because that was last year, two years ago. Figure it out, bro. (laughs) Man, there's so many good YouTube videos of, like, LeBron just doing that, like, 
What are you talking about, man face, to reporters when they're asking him dumb questions? And that's just like another icing on the cake moment. He's a basketball Matt. savant. <laughs> okay, we didn't mention a big thing that happened really early on last Friday was that Jamal Murray 50-point game without a single free throw on the same night that Joel Embiid has 50 points. I can't believe I forgot about this up until now, and I have to throw back before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Matt. Like, 50 points without free throws is absolutely unreal to achieve, and Jamal Murray is probably the right person to do it. Dude, 21 of 25 field goal attempts and 8 of 10 from 3. He was on fire. Fuego, man. He was just an absolute monster in that game. And that wasn't even probably the best best game of the night. Not even Joel Embiid's. Not even the fact that the Clippers beat Utah. But I think CP3's comeback win that night <laughs> against Zion, where he led a 41-12 to fourth quarter. The NBA is just awesome, man. Gotta love it. Ah, uh, yeah, you really do. I mean, Shea having a 42-point career high in a W against San Antonio last night. Hey. Like, we're, we're seeing young stars, old veterans, no matter who you are in the league, in this crazy, weird COVID season, having unreal stats, unreal moments, and really putting on a show. And that's what I love, and that's what I'm really happy that we get to see. Man. And, you know, I'm hoping that the All-Star game goes off without a hook, without a hitch. The only other thing, Matt, that I have for basketball this week is we got to talk about the Rockets and the fact that they've got nine straight losses and that Cousins is gone. They've decided to part ways. You know, they really like Christian Wood. And uh, Cousins is going to have to figure out the next team to go ring chase on because it's crazy what his career has turned into. 100%. But before I get too much into the Cousins thing and the, the Rockets, I did want to mention the Lakers just struggling this week like crazy. Uh, we mentioned that they lost to the Nets. They also lost to that Miami Heat team who got Jimmy Butler back. I forgot about that loss. Jimmy Butler had a, had himself a game like he always does with 24-8-5 and that defensive mentality that he brings to them. But Kendrick Nunn with the 27 points on 5 of 6 right. for 3 points, man. LeBron 19-9-9, just not enough with Kuzma's 23 points. And they lost 96-94, man. I mean, again, they have AD. It's a completely different game. But, yeah, it's just wild that L.A. They lost to Washington this week. Like, they're just sliding like crazy. Yo, Westbrook had a game, though. Westbrook had a game against them, did he not? Yeah, yeah. He had 32-14-9. And he didn't shoot a three. So that's that's why he has a good game. You got Brad. You got Bradley Beal for now to shoot threes, bro. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, he did have that one like epic three point bomb to win that game. You know, when they had that like five seconds against the Nets. Yeah, many weeks ago that was. So I'm sure that gives him. But yeah, you know, happy W for them. But it's I'm gonna say it again, Matt. Like I did last week. Like I think I did the week before. The West runs through Anthony Davis's leg right now, and hopefully he gets healthy because. As much as I don't like there being an offensive juggernaut in the Lakers, like I want to see them play their best basketball, you know? Yeah, man. It, the league's better when we have great teams, and Lakers with AD are just a great team. Um, also, we haven't really even talked about the Jazz, man, who are 9-1 and one in their last 10. Phoenix, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Luca's seven and three in his last ten because it's just Luca. <laughs> Nobody else on that team. Nobody else. Not He's no. Dragging them back into the playoff picture, bro. Hopefully, he drags himself back into the MVP conversation. But again, there's so many good players having great seasons. But you're right, Matt. There's so many great teams. I hope the Suns can continue this this streak that they've been on because ever since that bubble performance that they had, I've wanted to see Booker shine. When CP3 joined this team, I was so excited for him to have that opportunity. I mean, the Jazz, what do I say about the Jazz, Matt? They're just so good. They're shooting lights out from three. They are... (laughs) I'm going to come back to the Jazz at the end of the day because they are so good right now, and I want to see them win games. I really do, Matt. Like, 
how like, I've actually watched a couple jazz games recently, the bits that I can check in, and I understand now the way they move the ball, the confidence that they all have in their shooting. Jordan Clarkson is probably going to be sixth man of the year because of his ability to just know exactly his role in that offense. Conley being Conley, like, what do I say about the jazz? Dude, you're you're killing it on the jazz, man. <laughs> and the ball movement, the, the shooting, they I mean, they only take six mid-range jumpers a game. And that's actually why they lost the Clippers, man, because the Clippers forced them into 38, and that's just not their style of play. So you're 100% right, man. The Jazz are just going to keep steamrolling along unless the team, other teams can figure them out. But I don't know if you can. I think the roster is well-constructed. I think they're just playing to their strengths. And this is why I say, what do you say about the Jazz? Because I'm saying all of these things, and it's exactly how they're playing, and you're like, yeah, I know exactly what they're doing. This is happening, that's happening, but nobody's figured them out even though you know exactly what they're doing and they've shown it and it's going to be really interesting to see whether you know if they hit a breaking point if they hit a wall whether that happens at all and if it does if it gives them enough time to rebound and 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 adapt but i mean quinn snyder's got those boys working so i'm excited to watch the jazz in the playoffs this year 100 percent, man but to bring it back to that boogie conversation because i'm going to lead us into raptors chat with this would you like to see Boogie in a Raps uniform? Okay, okay, okay. So since we're going to roll into Raps chat, I'll talk about the other side of the Boogie Cousins trade, where he could other potentially go, and then we can talk Raps and, and roll that into that way. It's because there's obviously conversations about him going back to the Lakers, which I think would be hilarious and won't happen. Uh, if he joins the Celtics, it could be really interesting because they've had some weird center woes and... You know, they're looking for something to fix their problems. Obviously, the Nets could use a center, and I think that's where he has said he's wanted to go, which makes sense because he's chasing rings. I think it'd be really interesting if he joined Golden State, for example, but that's a whole nother story. Miami, maybe, because they've had some injury troubles, but, man, the raps with Boogie Cousins? Is he a better version of Andre Drummond? In my opinion, yes. Would he provide opportunities to do what Aaron Baines does and potentially be better at it? Yes. Has he learned his lesson, and will he be a positive experience in the locker room? I could probably still say yes. Matt, I haven't seen any no's so far, so uh, I think I would be okay with Cousins joining the Raps. Man, I would like to see it, because I think we have center issues. Well, I know we have center issues, (laughs) and... He was, at one point in time, one of the most dominant centers in the league. I don't care what you want to say about him. He had a five-year stretch there where he was just absolutely obliterating players. So I'd love to see him come to our team. He shoots the three really well. I just don't know if he fits into our defensive system. And I don't know if he's learned his lessons from all these teams. I don't know if he can put aside his ego and if if he'll be an issue for the team, but hey man, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see us get another talented player, and I'd like to see us take a shot at another ring. Alright, well, since we're on trade talks, and I kind of want to see how the Cousins part of this would affect the Kyle side of things, I want to jump ahead, Matt, and talk about these Kyle trade talks, because since we're talking about Boogie anyways, and I think it might affect whether or not we want to talk about Kyle trade talks, because if Boogie's joining our team, would you want Kyle to be gone, or would you want him to still be here for the rest of this year? Man, I've, t- I've said this before, that when we lose Kyle Lowry, we lose our championship DNA. I truly believe that, even though the stats suggest that we're like 17, 18-0 when he doesn't play. Like, I don't care. Those teams aren't playoff caliber teams. I'm sure a lot of them. And even if they are, we probably got lucky in some of those games. I'm not going to bet... The fact that if we trade Kyle Lowry, we'll be a better team. He's also an assistant coach on the bench. Like uh, The amount of times, if you're actually watching the games and you're watching more than just the basketball, you'll see Lowry on the bench. You'll see the way he talks. You'll see the way he mentors. And my, my favorite story is that time when you know Kobe was talking to MJ in the All-Star game or in the times that they played each other. And like you know, Kobe always said that he would listen to anything MJ would say. And like tell me any single member of the Raptors organization isn't coming off the court and Kyle pulls him aside and says, hey man, this, that, the other thing. They're not taking that to heart and and really trying to analyze it and figure out what that could mean. Because if they're not, 
man, you're you're not taking advantage of one of the absolute best team leaders the NBA has to offer. Absolutely, man. Kyle Lowry has been killing it as a as a player coach. He's been killing it with the player development. I mean, look at Freddie, man. He brought Freddie along like that. He allowed him to develop and bring him under his wing. That's why I don't want to see Kyle go. But if I'm going to see Kyle go and he wants to go to Philadelphia, hmm. go get me Ben Simmons, baby. Go get me Ben Simmons because I really would love to see it. I even – Kyle and Pascal for Ben Simmons, Danny Green, Matthias Theibel, and Vincent Poirier. Let's get it done. Yeah, we were we were playing around with trades at the beginning because we're trying to figure out if Kyle's going to go, how it's going to work out. Because obviously we want some young talent. And we have to we have to figure out how we're gonna flip things. Now Matt knows that I love Matisse Thybul. Like I I rock this guy in two K. Like if two K if you drop another Matisse Thybul card, I will use all my MT to get to it because this guy I'm a big fan of his game. I love the way he plays defensively. He's a guard version of OG Ananobi in my opinion in the way that he can play in his versatility. And so if if Philly, which is seeming like Kyle's preferred spot to want to go to. Obviously, guy would love to go home in Phil- to Philadelphia, right? Definitely. So if that's gonna happen, and and we're gonna make a trade with them, and we need young talent, I mean, what are the options here? We got Matisse Thybul. Um, who's the other kid? Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, maybe, but like they're not gonna want to give up too much young talent. Ben Simmons, pipe dream, Matt. I know you really want it, like. Guy's been trying to make Pascal Siakam trades all year. I love you, Matt. But Bro, since last year. <laughs> yeah, since since always. Yeah, time. man. I, I'd trade Pascal Siakam for Giannis or Ben Simmons in a heartbeat, man. No me, qualms me, about it. Me looking over my shoulder at my Siakam jersey, which uh, I wore during both of our box games that we got doubles used. So thank you very much. Uh, hey man, we had a we had a decent week going three and two with those back to back wins against the Bucks. They almost dropped a stinker though again against Minnesota. Eh? Did you see that? What would have been a huge letdown, dude. Okay, so the Bucks game was great. I don't need to talk too much about it. We we proved ourselves, and I'm thinking, oh sick, we can come into this episode. You know, we we just said we were gonna have to figure out what the Raptors are, and then that Timberwolves game, dude. Like, I mean, mad respect to Utah. He got absolutely destroyed on that dunk. Edwards was living the best life, but yeah, we 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 somehow pulled out the W in that game. You know that that the the points in the third, the fourth quarter rally, like man, we were getting wrecked. Yeah, man, we got absolutely destroyed in that third quarter. Um, and I'm gonna say this about Utah and Anthony Edwards. Why does the NBA clown a guy like Utah? who has the guts to go up and challenge that versus not clowning guys who turn away. You know, I always think that like, you're such a, like a scaredy cat when you watch a player coming in and you're like, Oh no, I can't challenge that. Like, no, go put your body up there. Go challenge that. Like Utah did the right thing. I know he got dunked on. I know he got clowned in the NBA this week. Um, but everybody knows who he is now. And it shows that he's a competitor, man. It shows that he is willing to do what it takes to win. And I am all for having those guys on my team. I love it, Matt. I think it might also have to do with a bit of an old school NBA mentality, you know? Like, the the amount of people that are clowning him and like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know better than that. Like, if you're not actually going to be able to contest it. And it's like, this man is putting everything on the floor. He is reacting you know, he's putting his heart out, so I'm not going to be upset at him. And if if somebody's going to clown a player for putting their heart on the floor, maybe they uh, have the wrong mentality. But, uh, yeah, that T-Wolves game, Matt, oh, scary stuff. And, and, man, Anthony Edwards got up there. Like, he got high off the ground. He's a super athlete. That's why he went first overall. So I don't I don't blame him for that. It was a rough game that we ended up pulling out, man. On February 11th, we said, you know, we had a two-week stretch that there was going to be six games during that two-week stretch. We are going to play Boston, Milwaukee twice, Philly twice, and the Heat. And we were like, this is going to be when we know, when we know if we're competitors or not. We went three and three in those games, unfortunately. So now we're back to where we started. I have no idea what we are as a team. 
Oh man, it's it's so it's so funny, Matt, because like we wanna we wanna know, right? We wanna know what this team is. We wanna know whether they're gonna be good, whether they're gonna be bad, whether this decision is gonna happen, whether that decision is gonna be happen. And I and I'm sitting here realizing at the end of the day that we get to enjoy this basketball, and we're lucky that the team is playing as competitive as they are because that two and eight start that we had. It happened for a reason. The boys weren't comfortable. You know, they're in a different place. They're stuck in America. This reason and that reason. And you have games like the back-to-back against the Bucks. Not back-to-back, but the games against the Bucks where we play really hard. We, You know, we know what we're doing. You know, uh, and then we have our T-Wolf scare game. That first game against Philly, dude, oh, man. Like, we had an unreal defensive stretch. Like, Boucher was hitting things from three. I mean, we were getting destroyed from free-throw difference. Like... I don't even know, man. That when, first when, Philly when, win, so man. So good. So that, good. That Philly win, it was because they dared Trey Boucher to shoot the three, and he was five of six. They There was four in a row at one point. I think he was one of two, but then he hit four in a row in the fourth where they were just daring him. Oh, hit the shot. I dare you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to step in the exact same spot that I did last time, and I'm going to use my hitchy shot, and it's going to go right down the bucket every single time. It was beautiful to watch. And that Heat game last night, man, I don't know if you watched it. But I didn't get to. I was at work, man. There was a point in the game where we were up like 31-23. And the refs just started calling it against us. Then there was a review play that went against us. And then there was a review play that went for them. It was the most... It was the most egregious refereeing I've seen at certain points. I just couldn't believe it. And they just couldn't pull it back from that point. The momentum switched. Um, Miami took it to us at the end of it. And we just couldn't pull it back. I know Pascal had his foul troubles, right? Er, Yeah, early in the the game, he had four before the half, like with two minutes left in in the second quarter. So we didn't have him. He wasn't playing very well either, though, at that point. Um, Jimmy Butler was teaching him, uh, you know, how you actually play the no three, uh, <laughs> shooting mid-range and attacking the rim defensive style uh, leader that he is. But, man, do, are we Rough. fade for Cade? Rough I have no idea. I want to, before we do that, I just have to say one more thing about that game two against Philadelphia. Because I want to bring up these interesting stats. Because when you think free throws, right, you think points in the paint. So in that second game, the Raps had 16 free throws to Philly's 30 free throws. The Raps had 54 points in the paint to Philly's 30 points in the paint. And that's not even to mention the most disgusting no-call I've ever seen in the NBA on that Simmons trailing aggressive foul on Norman Powell, which was downright dangerous and should have been a bloody technical, in my opinion, for the way that he smacks him, gets him flying, and he goes into the pillar. But refing in the NBA, I guess, you know? Okay, so it's absolutely egregious that Raptors fans can point to at least one absolute wild miscall a game. Like, if you are a Raptors fan, there is at least one call in every single game that I feel like, how was that against us? Like, how did that go that way? Uh, the game where um, we had uh, Norm Powell and Kyle Lowry bleeding, smacked in the face, not called. Like, there have been so many moments this season. OG taking an elbow on a on a pacer shot where they end up yeah. going and winning the game. Like, there's just way too many for, for me to be able to be like, the NBA hates us. They hate us. They just hate us. They don't want us to see us win because we're they Canada. Hate us because they hate us. Exactly. <laughs> okay, but so Matt, let's look ahead then. Since we don't know what this team is, let's regroup a week from now because we got the Rockets on Friday, the Bulls on Sunday, and the Pistons on Tuesday. Three games which, you know, looking at the beginning of the season, you think, you know, James Harden is not on the Rockets. Let's assume that. We should get these W's. So, in my Good. mind, we should be going 3 0 this week. Are we going to go 3 0? Probably not, but who knows? At the end of the day, this Raptors team, Matt, they've done nothing to really make me understand if we're fade for Cade. 
or if we need to make a trade to go all the way. Yeah, man, I, I would agree with you, especially these three games aren't going to give us much indication. Rockets, I mean, maybe the Bulls game a little bit, but not really. There's only so many games before the trade deadline, and there's only three real competitors that we're going to be playing before then. We're playing, I think, uh, Boston, uh, Denver, and um, I think it's Phoenix. I think you're right. And those are only a few of the like 15 or 16 games that we have before the All-Star break, right? Like, yeah. it's scary because we're playing these teams where we're not going to really know of the decision we need to make. So it's like you almost want them to go on an absolute winning streak or an absolute losing streak because that's the only way that we're really going to know what this team is. And what to do about it, man. But hey, my buddy at work was saying that at least they're playing sound fundamental basketball which they hadn't been doing for most of the year, especially at the start, that 2-8 and eight start. Recently, they've been playing very, very like good fundamental basketball. They're taking it to the hole. They're making the extra pass when they need to. They're hitting their open shots. And they're playing, they're playing really well as a team. So who knows? I just think we're probably going to end up in the middle of the pack. And I don't want that. It's a struggle, right? Because we have our absolutely unreal defense that shines through, but our offense has never really clicked. And that's why you look at that Kawhi trade and you're like, ooh, Masai. Great decision. Absolute offensive juggernaut who can do whatever he wants. Imagine what Kevin Durant could do on this team. But Matt, too much fantasy. Should we move ahead, get into these predictions, get into some takes, talk about the week ahead? Yeah, man, those mystic predictions. Um, I'm going to continue and pile on the Lakers slide. I think they're going to go one and three this week with L's to Portland, Golden State, and Phoenix. They'll probably beat Sacramento, but I wouldn't even count on that at this point. I mean, they're probably not going to get a win if AD's out. I've been against them. But Matt, let's stick in the West. I'm talking about the Jazz. This team has been so good. They've proven themselves left and right. They currently got 26 wins in the season. They've got the Heat, the Magic, the Pels, and the 76ers. A collection of good teams, great teams. Anything could happen. Matt, Jazz are going to be 30 wins this time next week. They're going 4-0. It's going to be a beautiful week. Yo, man, I don't, doubt it. I don't doubt it with the way that that team's playing right now. They are fantastic. Quinn Snyder, I hope you enjoy being an all-star. At least a coach, that is. So, Matt, anything else you got this week? No, man, I think that's about it. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at theboardsports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.